helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Braden Weecroft. I am the Director of Business Development with Remax Camosun in Victoria and Remax of Nanaimo. Today, we're here to talk about the 2018 BC budget and the effects that it may have on the Vancouver Island real estate market. If you haven't checked out the video interview that I did last week with uh, Vancouver realtor Keith Roy, make sure you check it out. We had a lot of really great feedback, a lot of uh, questions that have come to us as a result. Uh, Keith, the Vancouver realtor, very, very dialed in into the political scene, understands how policy works at a pretty high level. And he's also had an experience of over 18 months working in a market with foreign buyer tax. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch that, just take a, a look through my Facebook page. It is on there for you to have a look at. Today, I'm very excited to have a, a special guest from our Victoria market. We're actually going to be interviewing our Victoria Real Estate Board President, Kyle Kerr. So before I bring him on screen, I just want to read his quick bio. Uh, the 2018 president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, uh, Kyle, swiftly rose through the ranks of organized real estate since becoming licensed in 2010. A supporter of local sports, Kyle is also active in several annual charity and fundraising events in the city, uh, some of which he founded himself. He's a multiple MLS award winner and a recipient of the MLS Special Gold Award in 2016 for five consecutive years of gold or silver achievements. So uh, Kyle is very, very involved in the community, especially in organized real estate. I personally work with Kyle at Remax Camosa in Oak Bay, and I've seen firsthand how involved he is in the day-to-day. -day. He's traveling all over the country to different events. He's talking with agents all the time and different presidents and leaders of other boards throughout the, the province. So uh, we're very, very excited to have him here today. So please uh, join me in welcoming Kyle. Kyle, thanks for being here, man. Braden, Braden, good to see you. How are you? I'm good. Now, probably only the Remax Camosun agents would actually be able to figure this out, but we are actually uh, in the same building right now, and yet we're doing this this way. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah hey, it's lucky that we got lots of locations to visit, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Kyle, first off, I just want to say, like, you've been the president now how long? Uh, it's been about uh, seven weeks. Seven weeks. So, and, and then the way the real estate boards, you have to agree to be the president like a one term previously, right? That's correct. Yeah, I was I was nominated and appointed to be president elect in 2016 for the 2017 20 year. And then, yeah, I take I take the reins beginning of 2018. Fantastic. So you threw your hat in the ring 2016. This is pre uh, superintendent changes. This is pre BC budget. This is pre finance minister cracking down. I want to know, is it your fault? <laughs> I guess as president, you do have to take the blame, I guess, sometimes. But uh, you know what? Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's always a challenge. But I think, uh, you know, you, you, you take on these roles because you want to give back to the organization. And I think what better time to be involved than at a time of a lot of change? Because, you know, hopefully we can have some influence on policies going forward. Yeah, well, clearly we know it's not your fault. It's admirable <laughs> the work that you guys are doing uh, for the board. I mean, I, I know that um, you put in a lot of hours. I mean, I'm just curious, before we start going through the content and the questions I had prepared for you. I mean, how long have you been working in the organized side of real estate? Like you've clearly been on other, um, uh, not just on the board level, but you've also been in some of the committees and things like that. 
Yeah, well, actually, it was pretty much my first year. I, I was working with at Pemberton Homes at the time, and uh, I, I guess just being an outgoing guy like yourself and wanting to be involved, uh, Mike Holmes and Steve Kovaninsky, my managing brokers, grabbed me and asked me to sit on a on a focus group for younger realtors, and that's actually where I met my current business partner, Tony Joe. And, uh, you know, myself and a couple other uh, realtors here in Victoria were the ones who created the Professionals Network, which was a networking group for realtors here in Victoria, and that kind of led my way to being nominated and then elected for director back, uh, I guess, six years ago now. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. first, I just want to say thank you so much for all your work. It's amazing, yeah. especially with the recent changes um, with the superintendent, you know, bumping the, the deadline from March 15th into June. We yes. know a, a huge reason for that was because of the, the voice of the real estate board. So thanks for being a part of that. Yeah, no problem. Thank now, you. You, uh, I remember I actually was in the office the day the budget was being read and you were actually yeah. watching, I think, live at the time. I was, curious, yeah. I was, as as yeah. you were hearing what was being said, like what was going through your head? Um, you know, being in my position and, you know, the other directors uh, at the board, we, we, we get a chance to meet and liaison with these politicians ahead of time. And, you know, you kind of hear rumors of, of different things that were coming. So you kind of have a long list of here's 10 or 15 things we might see. And then it's always interesting to see what gets announced. So, you know, we knew that some demand side measures would be implemented. Uh, we were hoping for a little bit more action on the supply side. You know, we were excited to see, you know, a focus on them committing funds to new housing supply. But I think as a lot of a lot of our realtor members know, it, it's not easy to add supply quickly. So I think in the short term, there's, there's still going to be some pain points for the average consumer on the street. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to work through these changes as we always do. And, you know, it's my job to help lead our, our members that way. Fantastic. So um, I'm curious to know how much consultation happens when, when we're talking about from a provincial government level, because I know with the superintendent of real estate, um, although many agents feel like the, the concerns they voiced during the consultation period weren't actually heard, um, yeah. they did give us a, over a year period where they kind of gave us an idea of, of what those changes are going to be. How does it work with the provincial government, particularly with the housing file? Like, is there much, much consultation with the boards, with members like yourself? Like, how does that work? Uh, you know, we, we have to take the different opportunities when they do arise. So, you know, there's annu annually we have what's called government liaison days where all the real estate boards get together in Victoria and have a chance to meet with their MLAs one-on-one, -on -one, larger group settings where we get to meet with certain ministers of certain files, of course, housing being the most important. And then, you know, throughout the year, you know, part of my job as president and our government relations committee at the board, you know, we take as many opportunities as possible to engage with those ministers and those politicians around those files. So everything from writing letters uh, on certain topics. Uh, sometimes what we like to do is support other organizations who are, are in the housing sector as well. Uh, you know, supporting groups like the Urban Development Institute, Pacifica Housing, some of the nonprofits. Uh, we try to support them in some of their initiatives as well. So, um, you know, we go to a lot of different events that where we get a chance to meet with politicians. But, uh, you know, Celine Robinson, actually, we had a conference call with her about a week before the budget was announced. And she had a chance to hear from all 11 real estate boards in the province about what what the local housing issues were for them. So we do see that the politicians reach out to us. But, uh, you know, there's so much pressure on on the politicians right now from a housing standpoint. So they're getting pressure both from the average consumer and from the industry. So, you know, they are in a tough position, but um, we get some opportunity, but hopefully we'll get a chance for more here going into the future. Fantastic. Yeah, I obviously we want to break right down into the, the, the three main changes. We talked about the property transfer tax uh, changes. We talked about the implementation of a speculation tax 
as well as the foreign buyer tax uh, being spread from lower Vancouver area to other parts, essentially the major real estate sectors in the province. Yeah. Um, on the consultation side, like was the speculation tax something that you were a little bit prepared for? Did it catch you off guard? Uh, we were pre- we were prepared for something around speculation, but you know even in our consultation with them, we can never really peg them down on what they consider to be speculation. And you know, being being president, you know, I'm the one who handles most of the media interviews, and I had to ask even the people from you know the major news publications, what do you consider a speculator? Um, so you know that word is a very generalized term, and I think the interpretation they came out with and you know we haven't seen the final details yet which will come out in legislation later in the fall um i think you know a lot of people are are interested to see that this is what they consider a speculator you know people who might own you know lifestyle properties here part-time people from alberta ontario and such so it's interesting i think the interpretation they went with but we did we did have some preparedness that a speculation tax of some sort was coming Fantastic. So we're going to start uh, right off the top with property transfer tax, but I do want to just take a moment to let everyone know that that's watching. We do have uh, people watching live right now. This is a live stream on Facebook, so please feel free to engage. Uh, Give us a like, give us a a big heart if you want. Uh, But of course, give us a comment. If you have any questions for Kyle, this is a great opportunity for you to pick the brain of uh, of a, a pretty influential person in our local real estate market. So don't be shy, reach out. We'll try to uh, answer your questions to the best of our ability. So Kyle, let's start with the property transfer tax. What's your sense, you know, bearing in mind that my target audience are Vancouver Island realtors. Uh, of what's your sense of, of the property transfer tax changes and how you see that affecting the Vancouver Island real estate market? Well, yeah, just and just to confirm, you know, that specific one, which is the increase of property purchase transfer tax on all purchases above three million up to five percent. I think when we look at the overall Vancouver Island market, um, you know, I we don't see as many properties in that uh, plus three million dollar mark. So I don't think we'll feel as large of an effect here um, as we may see in the lower mainland, especially in the west side of Vancouver. But I think anytime increased taxes is put onto certain properties, I think people's purchases decisions will be affected, um, especially when we talk about large sums of money that you, you start to see in maybe some of those homes in Oak Bay or in North Saanich. Um, so it will be interesting, you know, and I, I, I like to reach out to the members, the, the realtors who are working those areas and, and get some reactions from them as well. But, you know, I don't think we have the same valued market that they do in the Vancouver. So I, I don't think we'll have those, those larger effects. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a possibility that maybe this is the one of the three uh, tax changes that could maybe benefit our market if, if it does uh, make our market look a little bit more appealing to people because, of course, we don't have as many two to three million dollar properties as, as they come to to know in, in Vancouver and the lower mainland. But uh, let's break into the speculation tax. So yeah. from what you've read, what you understand, like, can you give us a, a general description of, of what you believe this tax is, is designed to do? Well, you know, from the different messages we've heard from, you know, listening to Carol James speak live, it it seems like they're trying to kind of look at this from the same angle that when they brought the vacant home tax into Vancouver proper, which was they feel that there's a lot of properties uh, sitting vacant or barely being used. And they feel that those properties should be either be released back to the market for sale uh, or those uh, those properties should be rented out to people long term if those owners aren't paying income tax here in BC. Um, you know what I've said to a lot of people in discussing this tax is, uh, although those people might not be paying income tax at a local, you know, at a provincial level, a lot of them do provide to the economy in different ways, especially the local economy from restaurants, shops, cars, clothing. 
Um, you know, we've got one client actually who um, spends about a hundred grand a year. He's from Alberta. He spends about a hundred grand a year on his boat here in BC, and so that's a, you know that's a good you know stimulation for the local economy. So I think it's it's hard when you know if we have people that are here five six months a year. I think they're still providing to the economy, but I think what the government's trying to do is they're saying if if you can afford to have a recreational property here, I guess they're thinking that you can afford to pay that extra tax. So again, I I don't see how in how this will actually help make homes more affordable. Um, you know, it might provide more revenue for the government, uh, hopefully, which they can use to help with some of the housing solutions. But uh, in the short term, uh, you know, I, we don't see this uh, helping the market out and, and creating more availability for the average person. Great. Okay. So I understand that they're trying to make real estate, they're trying to make housing more affordable, but you, you're seeing that maybe it's not necessarily done in the right way. I'm curious, um, have you as a board level thought of any alternative solutions to this or is it just really too soon to really be talking about that? No, uh, you know, some some of the official submissions we made to provincial government and ideas that have been floated around by other people is if we really want to help local people here in, in Victoria and the lower mainland, which I think are, seem to be the two biggest areas of concern for for the provincial government i think if they're going to be start collecting extra tax revenue from the people at the top well then why don't we give some benefits to people who are trying to get into the market maybe at the lower end um you know we've talked about things like the first time home buyer uh property transfer tax exemption well the ceiling for that is five hundred thousand, and we know you know in victoria and the lower mainland that number gets you know raised or gets broached a lot of times. So why can't we regionally have an indexed property transfer tax exemption so that benchmark home prices in those certain areas are granted for people to get that exemption? So, you know, maybe for Victoria, it's 750,000, maybe for Vancouver, it's 900,000. But why don't we use that extra tax revenue to give some help to the people at the other ends of the market? Yeah, some great suggestions there. Now, that's looking at it from the standpoint of of the consumer, the the home buyers. what, what's your sense of the speculation tax, how it might affect real estate agents and their business? I mean, obviously, by affecting their clients, their business are going to be affected. But can you see any specific ways that realtors may be affected positively, negatively from the speculation tax? Well, I think I think as realtors, we, we're always a solution based industry. So I think in the short term, I think it's a great opportunity for realtors to reach out to their clients. If you have sold a, a part time property to one of your clients from an out of province purchaser, uh, it's a good time to pick up the phone. I know we're always looking at reasons to reengage with our clients. So here's a great opportunity. Have a call with them. Tell them to reach out to their accountant. Understand what their investment decision, what, what that might entail going into the future. Um, but I think we will see maybe some people decide to sell depending if they want to have their property rented out or, if, or, you know, if they can afford to pay the tax. Um, but I think it's going to affect some people's business or business decisions to buy a property here for sure. So I think we just have to have the answers. If you're a realtor on the street, you need pick up this plan, read it, understand it, knowing that, you know, we'll, we're going to have a chance to lobby the government here over the next few months to hopefully have a set of guidelines around the speculation tax that works for everyone. And hopefully it doesn't affect the market too much. I, I want to throw um, a, a, not a total curveball, but a bit of one here. So from Keith's presentation last week, he talked about a strategy of potentially renting out your property for a month, paying taxes in BC. Maybe that might get you around the speculation tax. Since then, I've, I've read that uh, the, the property has to be continually rented in order for the speculation tax not to apply. Do you know anything, like what's your sense of that? Clearly, uh, this is the appropriate time to say you have to talk to your accountant, talk to a a tax professional, but from what you understand and the research you've done, what do you believe is, is a solution? 
Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I did, I did watch Keith's interview and I thought that was a little bit, maybe a tongue in cheek comment to do it that way. Um, you know, we're, we're really waiting for the government to give us the exact guidelines because as you said, you've read one thing I've, I've read different that they might give us an allowance that if the property is occupied or rented for maybe six months of the year, then the property will be allowed to be exempt. So again, we're, what we're really going to push for from the industry standpoint is a clear set of guidelines. So, and ahead of time, not just with a, you know, a quick couple day turnaround to allow people to properly prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things we know with Keith's comments, and I always look at it from the professional side of it as well, is one of the other underlying things that came out in this budget was the fact that they're going to start, the government's going to start looking at what's called the, the GAR rules, which is a general accounting avoidance rules, which apply in different areas when you're filing taxes. And they're going to start applying that to people with these property transfer tax uh, increases. So anyone from an accountant, a lawyer, a realtor who's giving advice to their clients on ways to avoid taxes, um, they're going to be investigating that very seriously. And the penalties can, for that can be very severe. So my only recommendation to all the realtors out there, consumers is talk to your accountant and don't try to do too many things to avoid these taxes because in the end they are putting a lot of resources into researching this and they're going to try to capture as much revenue as possible so you don't want to be that example of of trying to do something kind of sneaky just to get you know avoid paying a tax right right yeah absolutely and uh, you mentioned the the timelines uh, do you have a, a better understanding as far as what the timelines are as far as getting some facts on these changes I wish <laughs> it's always one of our toughest things as, as a lot of the realtors learn with the new dual agency rules. Um, you know, what most people don't know is yes, we got the deadline pushed from March 15th to June 15th. We actually got the deadline already pushed back from January 1st to March 15th the first time. And that's so, just to clarify, that's for the, the council real estate council changes, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. So, so those types of things, you know, with the new government coming into power and them wanting to set up some things and accomplish some of the promises they made. Unfortunately, what we see is they rush a lot of these timelines. So all we've asked for them to do is say, hey, we want to work with you on this. We want to make sure our realtor members are educated, but we also need time to educate our consumers as well, because our consumers look to us to be kind of the trusted advisor in these transactions. So we've just asked the government, hey, if if this is going to start October 1st, let us know in July and August so we have enough time. But the tough thing is, you know, a lot of us probably have clients who work in the legislature is a lot of times they're drafting these rules right up to the last minute and then they've got deadlines to meet as well. So I'm hoping some stuff will start to shake out here, but I'm pretty sure I'm hoping to see some consultation, hopefully with the greater public, because what I've been reading and hearing already is a lot of residents in other provinces are quite upset. And who knows, we might see some, you know, maybe maybe some increased taxes in other provinces for BC residents. Who knows? Right. Yeah. The, the, the rest of the country is in a bit of a wait and see pattern. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the foreign buyer tax. So obviously this is something we've had the opportunity to uh, see how it unfolded in Vancouver. And again, going back to last week's interview with Keith, uh, he talked about how uh, the announcement to the foreign buyer tax was very sudden, very quick. It, it was enacted uh, almost immediately, like hours yeah. after the announcement. Uh, and, and from there, they, they saw a bit of a bottom fall out of the market and then they slowly recovered. I, I believe it was over six to, to eight months. Um, what's your sense, like if you, your crystal ball, if you're looking at uh, knowing what you know about the Victoria real estate market and, and Vancouver Island, how do you see the foreign buyer tax affecting it? 
Um, well, I think it's, it's, I think like you said in your interview with Keith, it's, it's always been nice because the fact that we, we did get to sit on the sidelines and kind of watch how it affected both the markets in Vancouver and Toronto. Um, the nice thing is, like, like you said with the timelines, is the government has actually given us a transitional period. So right now, any contracts that were written before February 20th, and they're closing before May 18th. Those those deals will not be subject to the transfer tax, uh, which is nice. Um, again, you know, we've since the government started tracking foreign buyers, which began in the summer of 2016. Victoria has never really gotten above about on average five percent for foreign buyers. So again, the marketplace for foreign buyers here is a lot different than say Vancouver pre the tax, because I believe the government had tracked that in Vancouver it was roughly about 14 to 15% foreign buyers. So when you remove, and it dropped down to about 4%. So if we talk about, you know, that's a drastic change for a market over there where here being that in that sub 5% range, I don't, I don't see it having a large impact. I think there will be certain segments of greater Victoria that might have a little bit more of a, a change in activity, but the main thing is the psychological effect of any major housing policy changes. It's the same thing when mortgage rule changes at the federal level. What generally happens is a lot of buyers who are maybe, it's not a drastic decision to make a, a purchase right away. They might take a step back and say, well, let's see how these changes actually affect the market. So I think we could see a lot of the same of what happened to Vancouver. Sales come down a little bit for the first couple months while everyone adjusts to the changes and waits to see what happened. But when you look at the, the shortage of inventory here in Victoria, we're still one of the most beautiful places to live in the world. Um, we're still very popular with people from all across Canada. I, you know, I don't see that impacting a lot of the market when we consider 95% of the market is domestic. Um, you know, I don't expect these, these changes to have a large impact. Well, that's uh, obviously very promising to hear. Um, now, any other thoughts that you have on the foreign buyer tax? Um, it's interesting. I, I thought the the increase from 15 to 20 percent, you know, I don't know if that's going to be enough to deter people who are making these decisions. Um, you know, as I said at the very beginning, you know, the government had a lot of pressure on them. We understand that, um, you know, they're going to collect a lot of extra revenue. You know, it, it's going to be north of over two billion dollars they're going to collect in, in transfer tax in total for 2018. So we just really hope that, that money starts going back towards housing issues. They've committed a lot of money to that, but um, we really need to see those funds come back into the housing sector to help alleviate the pressure that people are feeling out there on the streets. So you understand how the, the system works a lot better than the average real estate agent would. Um, when you talk about you hope that it gets reinvested and you hope that these changes made, I mean, what can we do to be active participants in some of these changes? I mean, we're, we're on the front end of these changes, um, as far as our business is concerned, if we want to help shape policy, uh, if we want to help give our voice, let our voice be heard, like what's what's the most effective? Because I mean, yes, we can write letters to our local MLA. Is that going to be effective? Do you recommend that we, you know, get behind the real estate board and and what their recommendations are? Like, how does the average real estate agent on Vancouver Island um, give themselves a platform to be heard? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think all of those are, are great, right? The real estate board, we're going to put out any campaigns that we're working on, you know, making it as simple as possible for you to write a local letter to your MLA. But I think it's if, if you live in those ridings and, and these are your, your local politicians, you need to reach out to them yourselves as well. Um, I think one of the biggest things is actually having our clients and our consumers reach out to the politicians. You know, our industry, unfortunately, has taken it on the chin the last little bit. Um, and what what really what really speaks to the politicians is is the average consumer, the average homeowner, the average buyer 
And, you know, as I said before, you know, we've got a client who, you know, he's from, he's from Alberta, you know, has a property here that they spend about five months of the year. And, you know, he's looking at a, you know, $50,000 more a year in tax, although he's contributing to the economy in other ways. He's already said, you know, who do I need to contact? We need our clients to be reaching out and letting the politicians know that this is going to have a negative effect on them and they need to hear those real world stories. So the best thing is, as you, if you're a realtor, be engaged, support us at the real estate board, get out there yourself, but then also engage with your clients. Give the, let them know the facts, let them know how this is going to impact them personally and motivate them to write to their politicians as well. And it's those types of stories that I think will have the biggest effect. Fantastic. So Kyle, you're obviously very involved in the organized side of real estate and, you know, occasionally on the side, you also happen to sell some homes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once in a while when I have some once time. Once in a while. It's, it's like your side hustle. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you personally sell a lot of real estate. Uh, so does the team that you're a part of. Um, what's, what's your frame of mind right now as far as the, like the business practitioner, like would you mind maybe giving us a little bit of a, a inside scoop on like what your playbook's going to be as far as how you take this communication to your clients, how you, you mentioned earlier, like this is an opportunity to reach out and engage with our clients. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. We, we all can admit from some, from suffering from the 50 pound phone syndrome at times when we want to call our past clients because we know we should, but you know, we don't know what yeah. to say. This is an easy plug and play opportunity, but what else is going through your mind right now as far as ways that you can use this to elevate yourself as a professional in the eyes of your clients? Well, I think you you nailed it on the head. First of all, it's just reaching out to your clients and letting them know that you care about them, right? The fact that a lot of your clients may not be aware of this, right? Provincial politics isn't something that a lot of necessarily everyone pays attention to, especially if it's something where it is a, a passive investment where maybe they've had it rented out, their kids went to school here and then the kids have moved back. Um, and maybe they have it rented out part time or they use it part time. I think those people really need to know those changes and you have to give them those opportunities. So, you know, have a local account ready for them to talk to maybe a local tax lawyer as well, you know, give them some different opportunities of maybe connecting them with a property manager who might be able to turn it into a full time rental. And then they're also, you know, supporting, you know, a local business here as well. So I think just having the different options, letting them know, maybe they need an updated market evaluation on what their property is worth if they've owned it for a while. Uh, you know, use the tools that we already have at our disposal. But like you said, you know, pick up the 50 pound weight, reach out to your clients and let them know that that you're here for them. And as these updates continue to roll out, you're going to be their source of information for them. And I think that's going to be the most important thing as this this uh, process begins. And then as we move forward and the different regulations come out and more guidelines, uh, then we'll be able to advise them better. But I think the main thing is to let them know that you're here and you're going to keep them abreast of all the different changes. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I really appreciate the time you've taken with us today. Yeah, no I uh, just want to say again, from myself, from everyone here at Remax, as well as the Real Estate Board, thank you so much for all your hard work. You, yeah. everyone else on the board, um, everyone at the at the uh, Real Estate Board committee level, like you guys do a ton of work on our behalf. So thank you very much. And of course, my, my last question I want to ask is, of course. do you have a career in politics after this? Uh, you know, it's, pretty well. it's, it's funny. No, I've been asked that a few times already, but uh, a mentor of mine told me a long time ago, it's always be better to be on the private side, trying to affect the public side. But uh, I don't think I want my whole life just throwing out there to be in the public life that much. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And if you ever yeah. do, you got my vote. Uh, thanks, you, Kyle. Great. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Braden, take care. Okay. Cheers.
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. That was uh, our Victoria Real Estate Board President, Kyle Kerr, uh, REMAX, Camosun Oak Bay agent. And I just want to hit the last point that he talked about as far as what you can do to use this as an opportunity. There's no question. This is going to have an effect on our clients, which will then ripple through to having an effect on us. But it doesn't have to all be bad. Uh, this is a great opportunity to reach out. I mean, we're always looking for opportunities to have contact with our clients, um, you know, post-sale service and, and what have you. So use this as an opportunity to get yourself informed. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, find out the facts, get an understanding. Kyle also made a great recommendation. This is a great time to connect with your accountant, with your lawyer, strengthen your professional network. Um, and there's going to be some referral, reciprocal referral opportunities going both ways. So uh, I know changes are difficult. I know, especially when we don't have much of a say when they're kind of handed down, it can be tough to swallow at times. But let's do our very best to use this as an opportunity to uh, create some business development by giving our clients a better service. So that's all I got to say for now. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate those who uh, watch it live and have commented. And I will be reposting this tomorrow uh, if you want to watch the, the full version again. So that's all for now.